Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Ann Ortley's Weekly Weather. I'm broadcasting tonight from a dining room table in Lilydale, New York. I was going to try and broadcast on the porch, but it's too dark to read the aspects, so I'm here at the dining room table, uh, and we are talking about the weekly weather for June 2nd, 2019. I am on my cell phone. I am in a remote location, so hopefully the the broadcast goes through. I have a decent number of bars, but one never knows. At any rate, <clears throat> the week ahead uh, is not as crazy and wild as last week was. We're kind of entering a little bit more of a calmer time uh, with uh, the sun in Gemini. We have a new moon on Monday, uh, and that also inaugurates our official uh energy of the Gemini season. Of course, Gemini is when we swing between spring and summer and we bounce back and forth. And the new moon in Gemini is going to be on, uh, uh, looks like 13. I'm having a little visual issue with my eyes right now. I got a cold. So we're seeing things, but we're not seeing them clearly. So the new moon is at 1234 Gemini. And that is uh, the sun, the moon's in Gemini now, and it'll be in Gemini tomorrow, and it goes void on Tuesday the 4th at 1142 a.m., and it's void for a couple of hours, and it goes void with a conjunction to Mercury, so Monday's good for deals and launching new stuff. And then it enters into Cancer at 1217 p.m., and then it's in uh, uh, Cancer Tuesday, Tuesday evening, Wednesday all day, and then it goes void at 10, 10 a.m. with a sextile to Venus, and that's always lovely. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday are good, and it's void most of Wednesday during the day. Remember, these are Eastern times, adjust for your time zone. So uh, the moon goes void at 10, 10 a.m., and then it enters Leo at 3.16 p.m. on Thursday. And then it's in Leo on Thursday, and it's in Leo on Friday, and it's in Leo on Saturday until 5.23 p.m. where it goes void with a square to Venus. And it's void only for 20 minutes, and then it enters Virgo on Saturday night, the 8th. And a square to Venus is Moon and Leo a little overdoing. It wants to overdo. It's a little bit pushy, a little bit ambitious. It's got a lot of vision. It's very fiery. And then it goes into Virgo. Saturday night at 545, and it's in Virgo on Sunday, the 9th, all day. And then it goes void at 8.01 a.m. with the trine to Pluto on Monday morning, the 10th. <clears throat> so the week is pretty even. The moons are in nice shape. Uh, the days are pretty balanced. None of them look particularly wild and crazy. We do want to note that on <clears throat> the 4th, I've got a little bit of a cold, too. I apologize for the noise. Well, on the 4th of June, uh, Mercury goes into Cancer. Because we have Mercury retrograde most of the month of July, Mercury is going to be in Cancer through August 11th. Okay, so that's a long Mercury in Cancer. What happens when Mercury goes into Cancer is every time the the moon changes signs, Mercury changes his emotions. We already know he's the trickster. And he's going to, of course, make the Gemini... Uh, new moon, because he rules the Gemini sun, Gemini sun moon, he's going to make the Gemini journey of sun very much Cancerian. We're going to be much more emotionally sensitive because Mercury, the ruler of the Gemini sun, as of Tuesday, is now going to be answering to the moon. So we're going to really feel like we have, (laughs) 
the sun in Cancer for two months <clears throat> while Mercury's in in Cancer sign. So it just kind of know people are just still going to be running emotional, but emotional from the perspective of how do I protect what's important to me? Cancer moons tend to be a little more uh, sensitive. Uh, and Cancer suns, of course, are sensitive. And, you know, they're nurturing. They're the nurturers of the zodiac. It's the busy, busy time when we weed the tomatoes and we pull, we stake, we stake the plants and we do all the work in the garden. So having two, essentially two months of Cancer sun, we're going to really feel like we really want to nurture and start new projects. And, of course, the new moon in Gemini invites us to. He's got nice, nice closing aspects. He links up with Mercury, and it may be two projects you sign up for, and that's good. <clears throat> Say both, yes to both, because you don't know which one's going to work. And, you know, kind of like when you go to the gardening store and you bring that flat home and you, you can plant all those tomatoes and plant all, but if you leave them on the back deck and you don't water them, they die. So it's a couple things. It's planting stuff and starting to water it and nurture it. So this is a big, big new moon. I did the new moon podcast last week because um, I was traveling this week. I was up in Lilydale. So it's out there on the website available for purchase um, if you want. And it's a good new moon to do the ritual on. Uh, and because the moon is in Gemini and then goes into Cancer and then goes into Leo, the whole week is good to do it on. Maybe do a couple of rituals, one for what you want to grow in one area, what, for what you want to grow in the next. And look for Gemini to really speak to the duality in your life. Remember when the sun is in Gemini, we're really able to see the mirrors. We see things, we understand things on a different level. And with Mercury going into Cancer this week and being in Cancer through August, we're really going to be working with on a deeper, deeper level with the subconscious emotions. Cancer is the time or the sign in the chart where we have not necessarily a lot of words. It's kind of the pre-verbal part, a little bit of the collective unconscious. So we're working a little bit more with the unconscious energies of how we work and how we feel. And so honoring that is a deeply felt energy and really taking time. I often encourage the cancer folks that I read for to put their hands on their bellies. And often they sit with their hands kind of crab-like across their bellies. If you ever notice cancer, people kind of sit with their hands across their stomach like little claws guarding their soft, tender belly. But cancer is often, you know, putting their hands on their stomach. Or when I have a parent with a little cancer child, encouraging the child to put their hand on their stomach to, to understand their emotions and kind of calm them and to speak to them on a different level. You know, that moon in cancer energy or the sun in cancer energy, because it is so sensitive and um, changeable, it is ruled by the moon after all, it, it has an energy of feeling, deep feeling, and also if we watch the moon wax and wane in the skies, we understand how changeable the moon is. And so when, when we have planets in the sign of cancer, we understand they're changeable. And every couple of days when the moon changes signs, they have a new reality, a new way of looking at things. So this week we're going to be gathering data when it's in Gemini on Sunday, Monday, and halfway through Tuesday. And then we're going to be feeling enormously nurturing and sensitive on the 4th and the 5th and the 6th, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then we're going to feel loud and proud Thursday night, Friday, half a Saturday. And then we're going to be very detail-oriented and paying attention to process Saturday night, Sunday, and, and Monday morning. Uh, so moon is void all day on the 10th, Monday the 10th, 
So that kind of gives us a recovery day uh, from this intense energy. But I would watch the energy of it the week because it's kind of important. The other thing that happens is on on Friday, on Saturday rather, Venus goes into Gemini. And she's going to be in Gemini through the beginning of July, the second, third of July. And, of course, Venus in Gemini has us pick between two things or presents us with two things and says, well, don't you want this? Maybe you want that. Don't you want this? Maybe you want that. I always think of that that scene in the yellow brick road when Dorothy comes to where the road splits and she goes, Oh, what do I do? And the scarecrow goes, well, some people go to the left and some people go to the right. You have to make a choice. So with Venus going into Gemini, we'll be asked to make some choices. And she's in Gemini through the third of July. And, and so honoring the choice energy that we're being presented with. Also this week, um, because the, weeks are, the week is kind of easy, not a lot of arguments, there is an eruption energy, a little bit of an eruption on Thursday when uh, Moon in Leo squares uh, Uranus and Taurus. And then um, we also have Venus this week uh, in a trine to Pluto tonight, or today actually, earlier today, but, but the energy we kind of feel vibing off. Uh, and then... Uh, next weekend on Saturday, the 9th, we have the sun in Gemini squaring Neptune in Pisces. Uh, and that is at around 3 in the afternoon. But that also makes us more emotionally sensitive, a little more aware of things. And, of course, because the sun in Gemini is trying to understand stuff and it's answering to the moon in Virgo, because it's answering to Mercury, which is answering to the moon in Virgo, and it's squaring Neptune, next weekend can be a little more emotional. Uh, and that is, um, it is kind of a, we're going to build to that, but we're also going to be looking at that energy and trying to figure it out. Now, Monday the 10th has a whole bunch of stuff kind of like a shot after this relatively quiet week. Now, the other thing that's happening this week when we look at the aspects uh, is the sun is moving uh, from, um, where is he? The sun is moving from 11 uh, Gemini to 20, 1920 Gemini, and he has aspects with the nodes of fate, um, and he invites us to figure out new directions. Uh, those aspects happen on the 8th when he's in a hard aspect to them, and he says, you know, there's something you have to let go of. There's something that's done. And on the 4th, he has a biquintile to Saturn, and, and he also has on the 7th a biquintile to Pluto. Now, biquintiles are considered something called a fifth harmonic. It's 144 degrees. <clears throat> so it's basically a nine, adds up to a nine numerologically, which suggests the karma is complete. Now, we do know we've been working a lot with Saturn hanging out with the south node and Pluto hanging out with the south node, which is restructuring our reality. Saturn rules reality and structures, and Pluto says, change that baby. And the two of them are meeting up, not until next January, but they're dancing together all summer. And this week, as the sun in Gemini and aspects both uh, Saturn and Pluto, he's going to say to you, well, you do understand, don't you, that your reality is shaped by Gemini. It's a duality. I had a really interesting conversation the other day. I was having dinner with a friend of mine over in her garden uh, Lorraine Neidhart, um, who I always have these really interesting conversations with. And we had this interesting conversation about the nature of reality and how that the 
we think of them as polar opposites. We think of it as light and dark, Republican and Democrat, yes and no, black and white. But actually, the antagonism of the two is a form of attraction. And when we polarize and we pick one side over the other, we're not really seeing it as a continuum. We're not really seeing it as choices that we make. And we're looking at it as a struggle rather than the desire for unity and for those planets to kind of connect and maybe have a little kiss and maybe connect on a deeper level. So when the sun is in Gemini, we often look at stuff and say, wow, you know, I never, I never thought of it that way. Or, you know, I always thought it should be like this. And now I'm learning, you know, maybe that's not going to work. Maybe it, maybe it should be different. Maybe there should be a different way of looking at stuff and seeing things and perceiving things and giving ourselves a new opportunity, a new way of believing or a new way of looking, right? Um, so I'm up here in beautiful Lilydale, and one of the things that it has is this <laughs> something that someone gave me, uh, which is really profound. It's called the Spiritual Declaration of Independence. Notice the word spiritual. It says innumerable centuries have rolled away and colossal empires have appeared upon the distant hills, have existed for a little season, and have fallen into ruin and decay. Monarchies and religions have come up in different portions of the earth, have exhibited great power and despotism, have glided away like a dream of the night, making a dim, dark impression on the page of history. Countless beings have appeared upon the earth, have performed some part in the vast and mysterious drama of life and have passed away into the higher sphere. But the past has vanished and the stupendous present is before us. Here we stand upon the towering summit of ages past, contemplating the world of matter and the world of mind. We stand upon a mighty eminence with all the vast accumulation of ages with all the experience and wisdom of the past, beneath, around, and within us. And it's kind of a concept, you know. If we think about it, and, you know, think is, thinking is one of the things we do as humans. If we think about it, and we look at it from the Gemini perspective, which is like, what's going on up there? How does this work? And so Gemini asks us to ask those big questions, and it really is a student mind. It wants us to be students of the universe, students of our hearts, students of our lives, and to take a querying approach. I have a friend, Kathy, who is a, a reporter, and, you know, there was a time for a while when she lived in New York, and she would come back and say to me, you know, I just had this really interesting conversation with so-and-so who I'd known maybe, you know, like 20 years passing saying, hi, how are you? And she used to have this deep conversation with them about stuff I'd never talked to them about at all um, and, and stuff I didn't know about at all, you know. And, and she had it with a number of different people who were friends in my life where I was like, wow, I, I didn't know about that um, because she was a reporter. And so part of her, part of what she did when she was meeting people was she would ask them questions about who they were and where they were, what, where they were in their journey. So I think I would encourage you all to be a reporter in your life this week, to take advantage of that Gemini energy and really allow it to ask questions 
allow it to inspire you through the inquiry of the mind, through the ideas that you're getting, through looking at the world in a slightly different way and understanding is the ages of history, the knowledge that's before us. I mean, I know as I get older, I find there's all this stuff I don't know. I, lo- I realize I know less and less and less uh, because there's so much to know. And so as the Gemini energy invites us to be students again, to be young again, to inquire again, it's really important to kind of think about what that inquiry in your life looks like. And if we go with a fresh mind and a new idea, we look at all the changes that are taking place in our life and we go, well, okay, this is changing and it's springtime. And I have choices. I have choices about what I want to plant. I have choices about what I want to grow. I have choices about how I want to spend my time. I have choices about my contribution to the world. And I understand I'm incarnate now. I'm here on earth. And I'm, I'm here to do something. And what is it I'm here to do? And, of course, I always say do your Saturn, you know, because that's your karma, your karma work. My Saturn's in Scorpio. I'm supposed to be an astrologer. Before I came an astrologer, I installed billing systems for computers to keep, keep track of people's money. Saturn's in the eighth house. Their money. In your life, what's your Saturn? That's the work. And look at what your sun is. That's where you want to shine. That's the kind of way you want to do the work of your life. Then look at what house rules Leo. Because that's where you want to shine in the world, where you want your work to go out in the world. And as we enter this season of springtime and renewal, at least in the northern hemisphere, no, no offense to you folks in the south who are going into fall and winter, um, we are in the opportunity, we have an opportunity for renewal that invites us to try this new direction and to try this new path. We also have Mercury this week. He's moving along pretty quickly. He's zipping along in the sky, and he goes from 26 uh, Gemini into 6 Cancer. He has a number of aspects that invite us to um, to figure out uh, the journey, uh, and more so from the point of view of his sextile to Uranus, which happens on the 7th, and he also has a square to Chiron, which talks to us about how we are wounded, perhaps, sometimes by our decisions. And he has an inconjunct to Ceres and suggesting maybe there's a different way to nurture ourselves. So as we're looking at Mercury's journey, of course, he's gathering data. And then he goes into Cancer on the 4th. And then suddenly, every time the moon changes, he does too, because he's dancing to the moon's tune. Um, excellent energy this week to change housing energy, you know, around the 3rd of June. I know quite a few people who are moving or looking for housing or selling their house or closing on their house or, you know, moving out of their house. That's a very strong energy here. Uh, We also have the sun. I forgot to mention the sun is squaring Neptune next week on the 9th, on Sunday the 9th. And I think I did mention it, but not in order of the sun. So, again, that energy of the sun as he squares Neptune, which he does once a year, He's saying, okay, remember what your dream was in March? Remember that dream? Now how have you been working on it? And, of course, you're going to go, Anne, you know, I had this dream. I got really busy with the spring and the Mercury retrograde and Neptune. Oh, man, I forgot. I'm like, totally, totally, I get it. Get to work. Time to get working on your dream, okay? That's next Sunday, so you don't have to do it right away. Then when we look at, but, you know, you got to get ready for it this week, Okay. Um, remember, no no penalties for not getting your homework done. Not that kind of astrology program. This week, the sun, the Venus this week, of course, is in Taurus, and she goes into Gemini on uh, the 8th, where she's going to be till the 2nd or 3rd of July, 
So Venus in Taurus, her favorite sign. She's happy, happy. She had the trine to Pluto today, uh, tonight, right now, 1141, where those of you who are going, God damn, she didn't do the program earlier. Well, she was having fun in Lilydale. All right, she's allowed to have a little fun. Didn't she just get back from Italy where she had a lot of fun? Yes, but, you know, girls trying to have a better work-life balance. <laughs> so Venus in Taurus, trining Pluto, encourages us to move forward. She also has a sesquiquadrate with Athena on the 5th. So she's in a little bit of a dilemma about how to process and how to proceed. And remember, Venus in Taurus says, well, this is how I want to proceed from the perspective of creating money. And then the sesquiquadrate to, to Athena, who just went direct last week, is, well, okay, how do I partner? A little stressful partnering energy. So it's really thinking about what you want to do and then figuring out how you want to partner with others around it. Uh, we have Venus entering Gemini, as I mentioned before, and then she has a quintile to Neptune on the 9th, which is kind of a happiness or a joyousness because she's going to be in Gen- Gemini, which is understanding the choices that she's making. And, of course, she's going to be answering to Mercury in Cancer too. So she's going to be a little emotional even though she's in Gemini and asking you to understand your choices and understand you do have choice. And then, of course, Venus is semi-square to Mars uh, on the 9th, which is a little bit of stress because Mars is in Cancer and he's a little uh, worried about stuff. And, of course, he's answering to the moon. So we have all these planets that are answering to the moon. And this week the moon is happy. Uh, Next week when she gets into Libra, a little more crank. But this week is actually a really productive week. So I really encourage you to just get a lot of stuff out the door and moving and forward and out in your life. Mars also has a biquintile to Ceres on the 3rd, which is a lot about nurturing something and creating it. And this week, Jupiter has a sesquiquadrate to Uranus. That happens on the 6th. Now, this, of course, happens once every 13 years or so. So this is a, this is a big one. It's the, it's the second of three. And so with the sesquiquadrate, we know we have to take action, but we're a little stressed. And even though Jupiter is in Sag and Uranus is in Taurus, think fire and earth, they don't always get along. You know, they're not, they don't get each other really. So Jupiter and Sag is going, well, you know, I think maybe we need to revise it. And uh, Uranus and Taurus is going, you know, we've already started growing it. I don't think we can revise it or change it now. But the two of them are going to have a discussion about wanting to change it. So you're going to watch your Sagittarius house argue with your Taurus house and say, well, it's all well and good to be going out and doing all this stuff, but I think you ought to do some work at home or work on the garden or don't go out. You know, you're supposed to be growing stuff, and you're not doing that. You know, it's a little cranky. So watch for the cranky energy. It's the sixth, but it leads up. You know, you're building it to this week. Um, We also have Uranus in conjunct series which is a lot about how do we nurture and what do we nurture and what are we trying to nurture. And there's a bit of energy that's a little bit of an argument or needs to be adjusted. Uh, so that's something to pay attention to, too. Not, not a hard energy. And also a lot of partnership drama on the 6th. Now, one of the things that, <laughs> that happened last week is you didn't break up with the partner. You postponed it to this week. And if you did, the sixth is a big day for saying, you know what, I'm not sure I want to go forward with the partnership. 
I want to see, you know, how it works out. I want to understand what the dynamics are. I want to understand the parameters of it, and then we'll talk. You know, let's see how this plays out and see what happens and, you know, see what the story is. Um, with Vesta going into Gemini, that also happens this week on the 9th. Vesta is wanting to make a nest. So a lot of the energy of the week is pushing us towards a new nest or towards a nest energy and saying, build it, build the nest, build the nest, come on, build the nest. And the other planets are saying, I'm really feeling like I want to stay home. Cancer is a lot of, you know, a lot of times when all the planets are in cancer, we really feel a little more retreative or we feel a little emotionally, like like we go out in the world and we go, oh, I got to go home and take off my clothes. Uh, just sit down and have a cup of tea. You know, I'm just feeling a little emotionally full. So it's an emotionally full week because of all the planets that are running, even though it's technically Gemini because Mercury's in Cancer and Venus is in Gemini and the Sun's in Gemini, the answer to the Mercury in Cancer and Mars is in Cancer. So kind of really watch the moon. If you like the moon in the sign, if you like the moon in uh, any given sign this week, then you're going to be saying, like it in Gemini, great. Like it in Cancer, great. Like it in Leo, great. I know in my case, Capricorn moons are always a little hard for me. In my 12th house, look at your 12th house, see where the hard moon is, because we're going to be watching those moons for this, this month and next, because so much energy is going to be dependent on what the moon is doing. Now, interestingly, the Vedic astrologers, they look at the sun as a mean planet, and a malefic. And they really pay attention to what house the moon is in. It's very important to them. And every 13 and a half degrees, the, the moon changes houses and goes from house to house. And, of course, the sun spends a night with each, you know, a different night with each moon. You know, he's got 27 wives. And he spends a night with each of them as he rolls through the zodiac. So we're going to really get to know our moons this next couple of weeks. Um, we also have... Uh, those are the biggies. There's a big health aspect, not huge, not bad, but, you know, just kind of pay attention to it on the 8th um, because uh, Hygieia is aspecting the nodes of health, aspecting the north nodes, so there can be a solution to a health problem or finding a doctor who can actually fix what you have going on. And there's also a lot of partnership drama surfacing uh, and a lot of partnership energy that's a little angry. That also happens on the 8th as Juno squares Eris, the goddess of discord. So we're going to watch the energy. It's not a, not a hard week. Um, and we've had a bunch of hard weeks, so it's nice to have it settle down a little and kind of be quiet. Uh, next weekend, I'm going to be in Canada, in Toronto, and you have until the 4th, Tuesday, to register, because we're going to get a pack of charts, and we're going to map your life out. And Friday night, there I'm speaking there on Eris, so you're welcome to come to that. You don't have to have charts for that. You don't have to pre-register. Um, but we're going to be doing a workshop in Toronto. And then on the 11th, uh, which is Tuesday, I'm going to be at work doing a lecture at the Jung Foundation on Jung and astrology. Three books recently came out. So I'll be doing a fundraiser that's sponsored by the board of directors. And I was on the board for six years. I'm rotated off, but I'm still doing their social media stuff. Um, and so I'll be talking on Jung and astrology. And then at the end of the month, the 27th and 28th of June, I'll be out at the Great Lakes Astrology Conference in Ann Arbor, Michigan, which is a lovely conference. And um, I encourage you to attend it or check it out. It's called GLAC, 
GLAC, Great Lakes Astrology Conference. So next weekend, Toronto. Yay, yay, yay. Here in Toronto, here I come. I got my passport. I'm ready to fly. And then on the 11th, the fundraiser for the Young Board. And then on the end of the month, GLAC. And all of, all the information available on my website. So, you know, I, I'm really just aware of emotionally how hard last week was. Uh, it was hard, but it also was clarifying. And I want you to be kind to yourself. I want you to really focus on kindness. And I know I was a little reactive. When someone was unkind to me, I was like, and I thought, where is that coming from? You know, like just kind of watch your emotional reactions. You know, just kind of Cancer Moon entires you a little bit to go with the flow. It's a little shyer. It's not necessarily wanting to be aggressive and assertive. It is a cardinal sign. We're not going not gonna to say no aggression or no cardinality, but we're going to encourage you to, you know, love it. Love the energy. Nurture the energy. Care for yourself. Care for the energy. And you can hear the British lady talking. <laughs> so we're running to the end of the program. So hopefully this recorded well on my multiple bars here in Lilydale. And you got the recording, and you all have a great week. This is Ann Ortley signing off from the dining room table in Lilydale, New York. Hope to have a great week and catch you next week. I'll be in uh, Toronto. If you're there, stop by. Come say hi. Come to the thing. It's all the information on my website. And if you want to come to the weekend workshop, you got to sign up by Tuesday the 4th because we got to go to the printer and print the chart. Okay, take care. Everybody have a great day. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.